If that wasn't weird enough, right? How many of y'all ready to stop stalking Jesus? Anyone? I tell you, we're in the very first week of this series entitled Stalking Jesus, and stalking is kind of one of those creepy things that once you start talking about it, um, that's like what your mind always drifts to, and you think like people are stalking you. Um, how many of y'all have ever stalked anybody on Facebook? Let me see your hands. Be honest with you. All right. The others who didn't raise your hands, either you don't have Facebook or you're lying. All right, because some of you, you went back, you know, to your, you know, your prom queen or your, the girl you started dating, the guy that you wanted to date in high school, and you're like, oh my gosh, really? I mean, all of us, we have done Facebook stalking. We've looked at pictures, and we went, oh, she's not held up so well, he's not done so good, whatever it is, all right? Um, I got to be honest with you, uh, and, and, and just kind of a little confession to you this morning, uh, I have stalked people. Um, I, I am a, a, a fairly good stalker um, because the one person I did stalk actually got her to marry me. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. I remember when we were in college, went to Austin P. State University, majored in music. My, uh, my, the girl that I, that I kind of liked at the time, I did like, her name was Kim, Kim Williams. She was in uh, music at Austin P. as well. And uh, she liked me uh, the first semester of my freshman year, and I didn't like her. Like, so I kept her in the friend zone, right, which was, y'all remember that, because I'm going to pay for it later. And, uh, and then uh, come sophomore year, I fell head over heels in love with her, and, um, and she kept me in the friend zone. I mean, how dare her, right? And uh, so I remember, she was, her parents lived in Murfreesboro at the time, and I uh, camped out on a Sunday night on Madison Street, in my car, bought a Jiffy Burger. Anybody know what a Jiffy Burger is at beside my dad? All right, all right, because dad, he lived at the Jiffy Burger for a long time. And because, and, you know, she went home to Murfreesboro for the weekend, and I was just waiting for her to come back to see her white tracer, you know, zoom by. And I'm like, that's all it would take. I'm like, just if I could just see her car. I was a little eaten up. Um, and I waited for three hours in the parking lot at the Jiffy Burger, and she never came by. And I'm like, what in the world? And I ended up going by the house that she was uh, staying at, and she had taken a different route. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then there was this one time, I'll never forget when I was in, uh, in college, wanting to date her. I said, hey, Kim, is there any way I could borrow the keys to your car? And she was in choir or something like that. And she says, yeah, sure. So I left, zoomed out, and I made a copy of her key to her car. And then I came, I know. Some of you are like, you're really awful. Just remember, I have your home address. <laughs> anyway, welcome to One Church. Anywho, um, <laughs> but I, I, so I copied the keys to her car, and I didn't tell her about it. And I ended up getting it back to her before choir was over, got her key back. And then I waited for about a week. And what I chose to do is I broke into her car, I drove it, and I got it car washed. I got it detailed because I'm that type of guy. See, I'm just saying, some of you single guys, you need to take, you know, just some pointers, all right? And, uh, and then I, 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 you know, I brought it back. I had flowers in the seat. I had a mixtape. Because I am a fascizzle, you know what I mean? Did I, did I tell you that I married her? I'm just saying. So I have, I have stalked, and that was actually a stalk, a stalking that actually was okay. But here's the thing about stalking. Because, again, this whole thing, I, even though I've stalked Kim, there's other people that I've stalked before. And really the biggest one is that there was a time in my life, in my past, that I stalked Jesus. Because 
I learned facts about Jesus, and I kind of observed him from afar, and I thought him and I were really good buddies, but really at the end of the day, I really didn't know him. He really didn't know me. I knew facts about him. I just equated, if I could memorize books of the Bible, and if I could remember stories, and maybe even memorize some verses, that him and I were okay. But really, I found out that I was just stalking him, and I was kind of creeping myself out, and I probably creeped him out a little bit as well. Because I think many of us, We've gotten into this mindset that if we know facts about God, then, that's, then we equate that as actually having a relationship with God. And I am going to propose to you today that those are two totally separate foreign entities. I mean, you think about it. When you stalk somebody, you observe, you observe them from afar, you learn facts about them, but you never, ever really communicate with them. You never, ever talk to them. So one of the things that we're going to be looking at that what differentiates between a stalker and actually having a relationship with someone is that you communicate with them. In fact, the Bible, the word that we use for communicating with God is the word what? Thank you. This is not like a, it's going, what is it? Oh my gosh. No, no, it's not a Greek word. It's just prayer, right? In fact, prayer is just talking to God. Can you say that? Prayer is just what? One more time. Prayer is just talking to God. Now, here's the thing. When I talk about prayer, and I talk about if prayer really is the thing that differentiates people from stalking him and actually walking with him, then we're going to have to figure out how to pray. In fact, when I say the word prayer, kind of some of the things that come to your mind, I mean, some of it, you know, okay, prayer is, a prayer is just like something you say before you eat. Good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. All right? Others, you, it's, it's prayer is something that you say before you go to bed. Um, maybe a prayer is something that you kind of kneel down and do. It's a posture. For others of you, prayer seems formal and it seems stuffy. In order for God to hear you, some of you think that you have to speaketh and weirdeth old King Jameseth English. Right? Or, or some of you, in order for God to really hear you, you have to drop your voice. Right? In fact, it's kind of like this video right here. Y'all watch this. Carpenter is a new Christian, so to help him pray, we've hired that super pastor guy you see on TV. God, please help my marriage. We're just really struggling right now. Oh, Heavenly Father, he who's created all things makes the sun and moon rise at his command. I beseech you, take this woman that you've given to me as a helpmate and bring her to her senses that we might abide together forever in a purpose-driven marriage. God, I'm really frustrated at work. Help me find a new job. I ask you now, in this area of employment, thee who gives me the sustenance in an employer fashion, please guide me to something, if it be your will, that would bring you glory. My kids are driving me crazy, and I, I don't know what to do. You just help me out. You've blessed me also with many young saplings, and I ask at this day that you would help me and my helpmate to raise them in the way of your word. Amen, God. And now I end this time with you, Lord, bowing before you, giving you all that you deserve in sacrifice and in sacrament. Let it be known that the Alpha Omega is pleased. Amen. God go, real people, 
real prayers. <laughs> you know, again, I have, I have been around people, I've been that person, that we think, you know, we got to say it a certain way in order for God to really be able to hear it and for God to be able to respond. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about that really, that in order for us to stop stalking Jesus, we have to start talking to Jesus. Because prayer is the difference between stalking Jesus and walking with Jesus. So what we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks is we're going to be looking at how to pray. How to pray. Now, this brings up a lot of different questions, and I hope you guys are on your version phones today because we have some polls and stuff. I love to be able to interact with you. Also, my number is going to be up on the screen, so if you want to text me some questions about that as well. Um, but we're going to be looking at today at one of the most popular uh, sections of Scripture, really about prayer. In fact, if for some of you, if you think this whole stalking Jesus and just knowing facts about a person is kind of a new thing, you would be wrong because this is what Matthew seven twenty one in the Sermon on the Mount says this. It says, Not everyone who calls to, out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, we perform many miracles in your name, but how does Jesus reply? I never knew you. If that doesn't give you some sobering thought right there, for those of us who call Christ followers, uh, nothing will. Because we can equate knowing facts about someone with really knowing someone, and Jesus said, you know what, it's more than that. It's more than that. You know, we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount today. The Sermon on the Mount was a sermon that Jesus gave on a mount, on a mountain, on the side of a hill. And uh, it was the very first sermon that he ever gave uh, that's recorded in the scriptures. And uh, it's really, it's such an amazing uh, uh, talk. It's such an amazing teaching. In fact, the word prayer in the Sermon on the Mount is mentioned seven times. And and as we're going to talk about and look at today, the one that many of us call the Lord's Prayer is actually found in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. You know, uh, so today I'm going to encourage us as we dig down deep in prayer, some of you, you just need to stop stalking it. You need to stop creeping God out and creeping all the rest of us out and actually start communicating with your heavenly Father because prayer is the difference between stalking and walking with Jesus. Now, one day, Jesus is praying and his disciples are watching him pray and when he finishes, he walks back over to them and out one of the disciples asks this question, Hey, Jesus, you know that thing you were just doing right there? Can you teach us how you can do that? Teach us how we can do that. Will you teach us how to pray? In fact, this is what Luke chapter 11 verse 1 says. It says this. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, what? Teach us to pray. Now, these were Jewish boys who had grown up in the synagogue and they had heard prayers. They had probably prayed prayers so many a time. But when they listened to Jesus pray, there was an intimacy there. It wasn't just, just saying phrases over and over again. I mean, they, as, as they were listening to Jesus pray, they were probably scratching their heads thinking, you know what, I think we're doing it wrong because ours is very different than how he talks. So they ask him this really key question, 
Jesus, will you teach us to pray? Now, here's what just rocks my, rocks my world about this. Think about this. These 12 guys were hanging out with Jesus for three and a half years. They've seen him heal the blind, heal lepers, I mean, heal people who can't walk, the crippled. They, they'd seen him raise the dead. They'd seen him walk on water. They'd seen him taking five loaves and two fish and fed thousands of people with it. And if I was on Jesus' team, I'd go, hey, Jesus. Can you show me how to do that whole walk on the water thing? Because that could prove, like, really, really helpful. Or Jesus, you know, sometimes I get hungry. And you know that, that, that the, the loaves and the fish thing, that gig? Can you just teach me how to do that? I mean, if I was one of those 12 guys, I would be asking Jesus, hey, listen, my, my aunt, she's getting ready to die. Can you show me how I can raise her from the dead, right? I mean, but you know what? They didn't ask Jesus any of that. They didn't ask him how to do this or how to raise people. They didn't didn't ask him how to walk on water. But the one thing they did ask Jesus was this. God, Jesus, will you teach me how you talk to God like that? I mean, they could have asked a thousand different things, but that was the one thing that I think really impressed them the most about Jesus. Can you teach me how to pray? And then basically Jesus told them, you know what? Let me show you how to pray. And then in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, this is what he says about prayer. Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Now, again, I know we have no hypocrites here at onechurch.tv. I know no, there's no hypocrites in the crowd. The only hypocrite here today is probably me. All right? So that's good. So we don't struggle with this one. Um, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Now, I just want to stop right here and say probably none of us have this issue anymore. I mean, there's not people standing on the street corners with bullhorns, you know, yelling at people. Some of you see people like that, and we kind of think they're, right? Uh, You know what I mean? They're just a little bit different, right? But none of us are on there, and we're, you know, like yelling out prayers. We don't have this issue probably today. Where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the, what's that next word? Reward they will ever get. There's an idea that Jesus is unpacking that we're going to come back to, that there is a reward to praying. But look at what verse 6 says. But when you pray, when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Jesus is saying, when you pray, be alone. Pray where no one else can see you. And then your Father, who, what's that next word? sees everything will what? Reward you. But you may say, okay, I'm not praying for a reward, God. And God says it doesn't matter. If you do it the way I'm telling you to do it, the how you can do it, there will be a reward. Now, to us American mindset, the reward that we're thinking about is, okay, then that means he's going to give me what I'm going to ask. But you and I both know it doesn't work like that. If it worked like that, every 16-year-old would have a Porsche, right? And every 17-year-old would date the prom queen or date the, the, the quarterback. It doesn't work like that. So what's the reward? Well, we're going to get to that a little bit later. But look at what it says in verse 7 and 8. In fact, I think this is the thing that you and I struggle with today. It says this. But when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by what? repeating their words again and again, don't be like them. 
What Jesus is saying is this. When people of other religions had things that they wanted, they thought, you know what, if I could just get the right words and at the right time and say those words enough and repeat them enough, that somehow I was going to be able to bend God's will towards my own. And it would be my will that would be done. It would be my stuff that would happen because if I could get the formula right, then I could manipulate God. And if I could say it enough times, then God will just say, throw up his hands and go, okay, 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 enough. You can have her or you can have him. That if we just repeat the same things over and over, that we can convince God and manipulate God, and he will bend in your direction. And Jesus is saying to you and I today, don't pray like that. Now what's so interesting, it says, put up that last verse if you would. Don't repeat and babble and just repeat the same words over again. You know what's interesting to me is the next verse, you know what we're going to be looking at? We're going to be looking at something that religions and denominations today are standing up and repeating over and over and over and over and over and over again. Do you think there's some irony there? That, that many times today in many different churches, we stand up, we kneel, and we say the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we say this, and we think if we could say it enough, we could say it at the right time with enough emphasis, then God could bend towards us. And Jesus says right before he prays this prayer, don't repeat what I'm going to say. Isn't that a little bit, a little bit ironic? It's, it's like... Maybe we should read our Bibles. I don't know. It's kind of crazy, right? Now, let's look at this. The Lord's Prayer, this is what it says in verse 8. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask it. Your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Without prayers, you don't need to be loud. You don't need to be long. You don't need to go over and over and over and over again. You don't need to beg. You don't need to plead. You don't need to convince. You don't need to manipulate. You don't need to faith God into stuff. Because your heavenly father already knows what you need and want before you ask it. Now again, some of you are here, maybe this is your first time, and you're thinking, okay, if that's the case, Chris, then why pray? I can understand it. In fact, that's a valid question. If God already knows what and, and, and what we need and why we need it, then why pray? What's the point? If it's not a matter of informing God, if it's not a matter of saying, God, okay, it's, if, if, I can just picture God saying, is he's right? Okay, can you go a little bit slower, Chris? Uh, what did you say? Now, who else? Who else was sick? Okay, okay, I could do that. And, and how much money did you need? Oh, that much, really? Okay. And if, if, if it's not that, then what is it? Why should we pray? And I believe that was the question that, was, that the disciples were asking. God, teach us to pray. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Verse 9, Jesus said, pray like this. Jesus shows us how to pray. Not what to pray, but how to pray. This isn't a formula. It, it's not if you say these magic words, magic things will happen. No, that's superstition. That isn't Christianity. That's religion. Jesus teaches us not what to pray, but how to pray. What follows isn't you have to get these exact words and the exact order and the exact emphasis, and then you got God, and you kind of strong-arm God, and he's got to give it to you. No, 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 no. Jesus is showing us a pattern. He says, pray like this. It's, it's the how. Pray like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, may your name 
be kept holy. You know, that's very different than God, thank you for this day. Okay, now, enough with that. Let's get on to me. Jesus is saying, I want you to pause when you pray. And I want you to think about who you're talking to. Because prayer is the difference between walking with Jesus and stalking stalking Jesus. This isn't about just knowing a bunch of facts about someone. This is about a relationship. Our Father. I mean, that name, that's such an intimate name, that is a, a relational name. Your name is holy. I want you to think about just how big and how great God is, that God is the creator of all things. Yes, that he created you, but he also created our universe, and there are over 170 billion galaxies in our observable universe. He created them, just like he created you. That this great, big, eternal God, who was here long before you came onto this world and will be here long after you leave, this great big God has invited you to call him dad, to call him father. Father means respect. Father means you're smarter than me. Father means I can trust you. Father means you've got my best interest at heart. Father means whatever you say, I'm going to do, even if I don't understand it. Father is tender. Father is intimate, but yet Father is authority. For some of you, that's your big hang-up right now because your Father wasn't any of those things. Your Father was never tender. Your Father was kind of kept you at arm's length. And you need to know that that is not how your Heavenly Father is. Your Heavenly Father is all of those things I mentioned and even more. Our Father in Heaven. Wow. Let your name be kept holy. In the way I memorized it, because I remember uh, I ended up going to a Presbyterian church uh, early on, and I remember they would have the Lord's Prayer on one side printed, and they would have Psalm 23 on the other, and I remember looking at hallowed. And that was such a weird word, I didn't know what that meant, but it just means let your name be unique, let your name be holy. And then we get to this part in the prayer that all of us, to be honest with you, we need to stay a little bit longer, we need to get stuck here. Because we want a tendency to fast forward this and get on to what we want. And I believe if we stayed longer at this next part, we would all be a little bit better off. Look what it says, verses 9 and 10. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May what? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom, your will. Here's where we need to pause and hit the brakes. Because this is what Jesus is teaching. That before we get to you and I, we got to first surrender to him. Because you have a kingdom, right? You got an agenda. I got a kingdom. I got an agenda. I have a will. You have a will. We all have things that we want. In fact, some of you, you're the king of your kingdoms. And your biggest problem is the people don't acknowledge you as the king. Right? Some of you, you're the queen of your, your queendoms. Right? And the problem is people don't treat you like a queen and you want to push your agenda. And Jesus is going, whoa, 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 time out. Before you get to your will and your kingdom, before he says, before we get to our agenda, which is where our prayers normally go, before we get to our will, I want this, I want that. Before we get to our kingdom, we must first say, thy will be done, thy kingdom come. God, before we go any further, I want you to know that I am more committed to your will than I am to my own. God, I understand that I am not here to convince you to bend my direction. I am here to make sure that I am bent 
towards your direction. Here's our big idea today. The purpose of prayer is to surrender our will, not impose it. Can we say that that together today? The purpose of prayer is to surrender our will, not impose it. Wouldn't your life be far more fulfilling? Wouldn't you have so much bigger an impact if you spent more time bending to his direction, trying to get him to bend towards yours? This whole idea of thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that's what should determine how long you should pray. Because some of you are like, okay, how long do I got to pray? Can I just like go five seconds to be done? How long do I have to do it? This whole idea of bending to his will and not imposing ours determines how long you are not to pray. But here's the problem. Occasions happen. Times happen. Struggles happen. Bumps in the road happen. People get sick. There are health issues. There are marriage issues. There are financial issues. There are family issues. There's pain. There's agony. And to get to the place where we can sincerely say, God, I've got all of this stuff. And I've got all these plates spinning. And this is what I want, and this is what I need. But before I even get to there, i got to just say, you know what? This is about you. It's not about me. This is about what you want. It's not what about what I want. And that's going to keep us a whole lot longer on our knees, isn't it? Because all of us, we want our wants. We want our kingdoms. We want what we got, what we think got coming to us, right? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Don't pray like that. But pray. You know what? Even if I don't get better, it's what you want. Even if this doesn't get fixed, it's what you want. Because prayer isn't trying to get us to strong-arm God. Prayer is, is the ability to surrender to his will. It's all what it's about. Look what it says in verse 11. Now think about this before we go there. If you started, spent more time on bending to his will and saying it's about you and what you want, there is a reward, Jesus said. You know what that reward is? I'm going to show it to you. Ready? Peace. Peace. Some of you, you haven't slept in weeks because you've been trying to manipulate God and white-knuckle God, and you've been trying to get God to do what you want, and maybe, just maybe, the whole reason all of this stuff is happening is so that you could be able to acknowledge who God is. He's this great, big, holy Father, and this isn't about your needs and your wants. It's about his will, his kingdom. Now, This is the part where all of us, we want to jump to. Gimme, 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 gimme. We treat God like a vending machine. If we do this and say this right, then give us today the food that we need. Gimme, 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 gimme. Now, he knows this. Now, again, I think that's the reason why Jesus finally acknowledged this. He says, you know what? Okay, it's not about me. It's about you, God. But before, you know, I'm done, I'm... I want to be able to talk to you about some of this. Give us today the food that we need. For the Jewish people, this reminded them of a time of their ancestors with Moses where every day God would miraculously provide food for them on the ground. In fact, it was called manna. Say that word, manna. Manna. You know what the word manna literally means in Hebrew? It means, what is it? 
Got to love that, right? They didn't know what it was. They're scratching their heads, and they're going, what is it? And somebody said, that's what it is. No, no, what is it? That's what it is. It's the whole, you know, who's on first. I love that, right? Anyway, but it's this daily bread, and every day, God would provide for their needs. And, and Moses warned them, listen, don't try to stockpile this stuff. Because if you do, it's going to spoil, it's going to turn nasty, it's going to turn green. It's not going to be good, right? But every day, God would provide for them just enough food for them to make it. You're going to get just enough for today. And Moses warned them, again, there's going to become a time when you're going to get into a, 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 the promised land and you're going to have all of this stuff and you're going to have all of this provision. You're going to have so much provision that all of these other nations are going to come to you and they're going to buy bread from you. And when they do that, you're going to think that all of this is just about you, but it's not. And this talks about God's provision for us, his provision for us. That this, to give us this day our daily bread isn't about a request so much as it is recognition that God gave it to us. Look what it says in verse 12. And then forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. This is the recognition that we've all sinned, that we all need pardon, that we all need pardon. Because you have sinned, because I have sinned, um, God sent his son in the world, and because he sent his son in the world, I can call you father. Now, let's stop right here, because as I am asking God forgiveness of my sins, I am supposed to extend it to the people around me. I, I'm not just going to get up off my knees until everyone is forgiven, that I have forgiven everyone. And just like I don't want to get up off my knees until you've forgiven me. Now, this is going to keep you, some of you, on your knees a little bit longer. Because some of you, when you get by yourself, it's yang, 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 right? Oh, I've forgiven them, and then yang, yang, yang. No, you haven't. The word forgiven literally means they don't owe you anymore, and you're to move on, right? And some of you, we got to figure out how we can do that. And the best way we can figure out how to forgive is by looking at how God forgives us and how much God forgives us. So this is about pardon. This is about pardon, that every single time that we pray, that we ask God's forgiveness of what we've done, but we also forgive those people around us. Now look at what it says in verse 13. And then lead us not into temptation because we can find it all by ourselves. Is that what it says? Well, it is, but that's not right. All right, let's go back. Here's the verse, how it's supposed to read. And then lead us not into temptation, but protect us from the evil one. Now, that word evil one, you can just keep that verse up if you would. Some of us, you kind of memorize the Lord's Prayer, and it's protect us from evil, deliver us from evil. And that word literally does mean evil. It can be evil one or evil. And do you know what this means? This is so big. This means that when you pray, you're not intending to do evil. It means that when you pray, you've decided, I don't want to sin against God. Prayer isn't about getting forgiveness of past sins so that you can empty your sin bucket and then go out and fill up your sin bucket again. And then say, God, forgive me for I have sinned. And then you empty your sin bucket again so that you can fill it up again. That you confess it to a priest and then magically your bucket is empty so you can go out and party like it's 1999. No. That's not prayer. Jesus, I think Jesus, that would make him vomit. See, what prayer is... Is, is prayer is, is saying, I am so fed up with sin that I am done with it. And this is the protection, the protection. 
If your intention is to somehow get things right with God so that you can go out and sin some more, then you really don't understand prayer. You see, you see prayer as some sort of game or leverage or loophole with God. And Jesus is saying prayer is none of that. You don't pray when you're going to sin. You pray when you get tired of sin. Did you hear that? Somebody needs to tweet that. That's good. I'm going to start preaching here in a sec. All right? You don't, you don't pray when you're, when you're, like, going to sin, but you pray when you're tired of sin. You pray when you decide, you know what, sin is eating my lunch so much, I'm done with it. Now, as we close, I want to just show you a pattern, because, again, Jesus told us, don't pray these exact words. Don't babble on. Don't just repeat. But let me show you a pattern, and it revolves around DSA. Say that with me. DSA. Now, how are you going to remember DSA? It's very simple. Don't start asking. Let me hear you say that. Don't start asking. When you are talking to God, don't start asking. But what should we do? We are to declare God's greatness. We are to surrender our will. And then we're to acknowledge your dependence. Don't start off asking, but declare God's greatness. That's what our Father Let your name be kept holy. That is declaring the greatness of God. Then the next part, we're to surrender your will. It's not what I want. It's your will be done. It's your kingdom come. And then it's us going, okay, God, I need this, and I need this. Here's the thing. This is so cool. I'm going to, I'll come over here. The longer you stay at this first part, to declare God's greatness, and the longer you stay at the surrender of your will, the less time you got to spend here. Hear what I'm saying? The longer you spend on the bigness of God and just taking God in and his breathtaking, I mean, it's just, he's beautiful, he's amazing, and you just put on all of these words. I remember when I used to go canoeing, I used to teach canoeing on the Red River. I had this song that I would sing that we would go through the entire alphabet and we would describe God's character. It was called, um, I'm not going to sing it for you. I may do that second service. So, but it's called, I call you father. And then we put, I call you loving. I call you uh, holy. I call you magnificent. That's a little bit harder to get into a song, but it could be done, right? But the more you spend time on the bigness of God, and the more you say, God, this isn't about me, but it's about you, the less you're going to have to spend on what you want and what you need. It's just a fact. And yes, God, if you spend those those times on the DS, when you get to the A, he's going to say, you know what, okay, I know about your son, I know about your need for a job, I know about your friction in your marriage, I know about the money situations, and I don't mind you telling me, I don't even mind you kind of reminding me, uh, before. but you just need to know, because you've shown God his bigness and because it's not about you, that weight and that peace is going to be upon you. Because it isn't about strong-arming God. It isn't about manipulating God. It's about trusting in your Heavenly Father. Remember, remember who you're bringing it to, D. And then before you're going, hey, you know what? This is what I want. This is what I want. You say, God, what do you want? What do you want? As we close today, i got a couple questions. But let me just give you a challenge. If for some of you, Prayer is something that you do before you go to sleep, before you eat. And that's cool. 
But we're going to be looking at it in the next three to four weeks. There's a verse. Uh, it's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. It literally says, pray without ceasing. And one of the things that I'm going to encourage you before you get to the praying at all times, just spend some time. I want you to just take three, four minutes and try every day and just talk to God and follow that DSA. Don't start asking, but declare, d- d- declare the greatness of God, right? And then I want you to submit to his will. And then from there, then you can, you can acknowledge your dependence upon him. But really spend some time on those two, those, two, um, those two things that we talked about, the D and the S. But remember, the purpose of prayer is to surrender our will, not to impose our will. I've got a couple of questions. How did Jesus feed all the people with two fish and five pieces of bread? That's a great question. I don't have the answer, all right? Here's the answer that I got. It was a miracle. Right? Um, we can't understand it. I mean, you know, there's, you ever seen some of those things on the, on the television show, um, Secrets of the Bible Revealed, you know, and all that stuff. And again, some, you know, some of that may happen like that. There's just some things, and I'm just going to say, you know, it's like this. Give me an example. You know, they'll talk about, well, the Red Sea parted, and what made the Red Sea part is there was an earthquake happened here, here, and there was a tsunami, and there was a tornado with a hurricane coming, and that made like a perfect storm, and then it parted the sea. I got to be honest with you, it's easy for me to say, God's pretty big, and he just did it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So some of it, we can see science, and science, I think good science always validates faith. I really do. But there's some things that we're just going to have to say, you know what, I don't know. And it was just a miracle. Jesus was able to do it because Jesus is God. And because Jesus is God, he is able to multiply things. And some of you, that's what you need to know because some of you, your biggest issue right now isn't anything but your bank account. Let me tell you, if you honor God, he can multiply things. I've been there. Some of you have been there as well. So with everything, just put God in his rightful place. I like what Colossians chapter 1 says. I'm probably going to have to turn to it because I can't quote it off the top of my head. But it talks about that Jesus was the first in the very beginning, that Jesus created all things, and in him he holds all things together, that Jesus is the head of the body of the church. He was the firstborn from among the dead. I'm doing a pretty good job. Somebody ain't helping me out here. Just saying. Dear Lord. All right. Anyway, say all that by saying God is big. And when you put God really big and you focus on a big God, you know what your problems, you know what they start becoming? Smaller. They, don't make, they probably won't disappear. You're probably, you're, the person you married to is not going to disappear. That problem's not going to disappear. <laughs> and, unless you go all breaking bad on them or something. I don't know. I heard something in a, like putting chemicals in a bathtub. I don't know about it. I don't know. I'm just, I don't, you know, I don't know the situation. I'm just saying, right? I'm telling you, you make God big and all of this other stuff, it will become smaller. Let's pray. Dear God, you are amazing and you are awesome, God. Lord, you are a fantastic God and Lord, we love you. You've given us so much. And Lord, so many times when we talk to you, God, we just, it's all about what we want and what we want and what we can get out and what we can do. And, Lord, I pray that this week we would not start asking. We don't start asking, but, Lord, that we would just declare that God is big, that you 
are infinity, that you're just big. I don't even have the words, God. You're just huge. And God, I, I pray, Lord, that we would submit to what you want. As much as we want to get to those things that we want to get to, what I can get, what I need, Lord, I pray that all of us would pause. We would hit the brakes. And Lord, we would say, you know what, God, all of this other stuff, if it doesn't happen, if it's, if it's a no, Lord, I'm okay with that because you are my Father. God, you are so holy and unique. Lord, I love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.